Welcome to a new episode of Sharings with Shama. Uh, today, I would like to share with you about beauty. I receive many, many questions uh, every week, actually. Women, only women, who ask me, what kind of beauty routine do I have? What kind of products do I use? How come my face, my skin is like this and so on? And I'm always thinking, I don't know what to say. I I know nothing in this area. This is like totally not my territory. And then this morning, uh, yesterday, I bought some new creams for my face. And I was thinking, you know, I was in the shower and I was kind of scrubbing my feet. And I was thinking, but that is not true. To me, when I think about beauty, I think about everything people do to look more beautiful, all the products that we use, everything that we consume, how we kind of enhance and elevate and, you know, make try to make us look more and more beautiful. And then I just realized when I was standing there looking at my feet, no nail polish, you know, I'm doing my own pedicure these days. I was just thinking that there is a lot in beauty that I can share, that is not, you know, this is how to use, not to use, how to enhance and so on. It's just like my story, where do I come from? And um, yeah, so I'm going to begin as always from the beginning when I grew up, you know, back 100 years ago. Um, When I grew up, when I was a teenager, you know, products and makeup and stuff, they didn't really exist. I was 13 the first time I used any makeup. Then I used a lot. I had like black eyeliner around my whole eye and I had a lot of mascara and I looked like a small panda. And I was a punk rocker and I, you know, I had um, safety pins in my, my ear ears and I was extremely uh, like a tiny tiny uh, super tiny I was really really tiny I borrowed my I have a sister she's eight years older than me I borrowed her boyfriend's leather jacket and I wore it to school and I thought I was like yeah this was the new me and I think I kept that for not even six months maybe it was just the winter you know it was a difficult winter and I was a difficult child. It was when my rebel period began. But after that, we dropped makeup. So me and my friends, we didn't have any makeup. We did not have any. If we had something, it was like shampoo that smelled like apples or, you know, we didn't have skin lotion. If we used skin lotion, it was because, you know, we had this eczema or an itch or something you know, it, it wasn't, there was no, when I grew up, there was no conditioner. I remember my mom, <laughs> she had three girls. All of us had really long hair, long blonde hair. And I think I was around eight, nine, maybe my sister, 11, 10. And she bought conditioner for our hair. It was called Shine Something. And I remember how she was like, this is this is the, the solution to all my problems, you know, because the, the mess, you know, to untangle uh, our hair, 
and us screaming and then conditioner arrived in our home and I remember it was amazing and we did not get to use it like whenever we wanted because we didn't have a lot of money so it was on her you know decision <clears throat> but still there was something that we could use for our bodies and then I remember my sister when she was 17 she got like a rouge from clinic she bought it and I envied her so much. You know, I did not have one. It was not like you went downtown to H&M. H&M existed back then, but you didn't go there to buy makeup. I don't even think they had makeup at that point. If you went to buy makeup, you had to go to a special par perfume store. And that was super fancy. That was for old ladies. My mother... Up until, you know, when I moved away from home, I moved away when I was 17. And as long as I knew her, I mean, until she was 70, I remember when she died and we cleaned out her, her bathroom, us three sisters, we were amazed. Our mom had makeup. She had like a lip gloss. She had a little mascara. She had something. And we were like, when did she use this? We never, ever saw our mother with any makeup of any kind. My entire life. That's like, that's just how it was. So I, I'm not brought up with a lot of beauty routines. We didn't have any mirrors at home. Don't ask me why. I don't know. So whenever we wanted to look ourselves in the mirror, we had to take a chair from the kitchen, move it into the bathroom, climb up on the chair and see half of us and kind of look down, how are the jeans and how is the top? And, you know, so that was really, that was how it was. And my dad, he, he married when I was three. He, he met another woman immediately. Her, she was adorable she had beauty routines, you know. She said in the, in the evening, she said to us girls, she said, now I'm going to go and remove my face. And we were like, what are you doing? And we stood there watching her, you know. She had cold cream. I don't think any one of you knows what that is. And, you know, she had a little makeup, but she was beautiful anyway. She was like redheaded and she was, yeah, she was stunning. And uh, But she had these beauty routines, you know, she had a curler for her hair and we, oh my God, when we came to dad's place, you know, in the weekends, um, one weekend a month we got to go there and how we were exploring the bathroom, you know, we curled our hair, never ever had so many ears and so many foreheads been so burned as they were back in the 70s when me and my sister curled our hair. Um, <laughs> it was it was lovely. We went through her jewelry box. She had she didn't even she didn't have a jewelry box. She had like two or three full drawers of jewelry. Jewelry that ex-boyfriends of her had sent her from Japan, from the US, from all over the world. You know, she was the kind of woman who men adored. Uh, one guy, he sent her a chest of drawers, like, from the States, as a gift. And I'm like, this is so amazing. And me and my sister, we, whenever we were at Dad's place, we dove into her stuff, you know. Her, you know, 
underwear, her night linen, and it was like a totally new world to us. It was so glamorous. And she always gifted us a little something. And there was also a big, big issue. When she died, she she said a lot of things to us that we didn't know. And when I was 13, I desperately wanted to move and stay with them and live with them. And they said no. And my mom said no. And I I so wanted to grow up with my dad and, and his wife, especially his wife. And that is so, you know, when I came home from dad's, I cried myself to sleep at night after this weekend. And my mom, she could come in and she asked if I was sad, if I was missing dad. And I cried and cried and I said, no, I miss, I miss Marianne. So I think that was super hard for my mom to hear, but that was how important she was to me. So I really wanted to bo- to live there and grow up there, but they said no. And when she died, she said there was nothing we would have wanted more than for you to come and stay with us, but we couldn't do that to your mom. And I was, I think I was, how old was I? 41, 40, 41 when she died, 40-something. So I lived like 27 years thinking that they didn't want me. So that's that's a side note. Okay, anyhow, on beauty, my dad, he also had these large mirrors, you know, where you could see your whole body. And I remember when I was 13, 14, I played a lot of soccer, and at 14-something some guy said something about my butt, you know, my ass, that it was amazing. And I'm like, what, what? And I began to, when I came to dad's, I began to take a tiny, tiny little makeup mirror that Marianne had, like in a rouge. And I went to that big mirror and I tried to get a look of my butt. And that's, that's like the most amazing thing. That is how I grew up. And I didn't have any makeup, no skin cream, nothing. When I went, when we were like, I think 17, really, really difficult years for me. My dad was dying in cancer. I just moved away from home. I lived on my own. I drank a lot and partied a lot. And um, I know there and then it was just this period of time, you know, I never had any pimples, no acne at all. And there was something called oil of yule, like a skin cream, pink something that we used. That was like the only thing we had. And those apple uh, scented shampoo and conditioner. So that's how my teenage years was. There was like, there was a blow dryer, there was a curler for the hair, there was mascara. And of course, there was a lot, you know, but... That's not how I grew up. And my friends weren't really that much into makeup either. But those were different times, you know, in the 80s. And uh, I bought my first bra when I was, I think, 18. <laughs> so, just so you understand. It, it was not that I didn't have any boobs because I did, but you just you didn't uh, wear them. And now I think I bought the first bra for my kids, like my youngest, when she was maybe 11. I think so. Yeah. So it's different when you're not, you know, 
when you're not used to it, your parents, your your mom doesn't have it, your friends doesn't have it, and then you kind of, okay, so back then when I grew up, you looked the way you looked. You couldn't cover things up. You couldn't change that much. I mean, you could do a lot with your hair. The hair was very important, you know, and how how long the color and how you did it. I mean, if you cut your hair, uh, if you cut bangs and it didn't suit you, it was a disaster for a year. So the hair thing, I remember, was super, super important. There was a lot of focus on hair. Um, there was not a lot of focus on bodies and and skincare and so on. Anyhow, <clears throat> I remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that you know to be beautiful. I never ever felt that I was when I grew up. I never ever felt it. I didn't understand it. I. I had my self-confidence was so, so, so low and that I I felt, I thought that people could see that from the outside. I thought that people saw me as I felt. And obviously that wasn't the case. Um, Like a year ago or so, I went back to my hometown and I met some friends from back then, especially one of my really best friends uh, when I was... um, 16, 17, 18, and she said, I never realized that you had this many issues, you know. Why didn't you ever say? And she and I, we spent a lot of time together. We traveled together, you know. We stayed over at each other's places, and, you know, we did a lot of things together. And I didn't share about all my struggles and my dad and cancer and everything. And and she said... The one thing, I want to thank you, she said. I want to thank you because you were so crazy and I was so shy. So thanks to you, you got me out of my shell. Thanks to you, I got to do things that was totally outrageous. You put me in so many situations that was terrifying. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not a good thing, Eva. And she's like, but honestly, it was because I was so protected and shy. Do you remember that time when we went to Mallorca and you disappeared? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. And she's like, how can you not remember that? That was the worst moment in my life. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't remember. And she said, but you went out. We went out partying. You never got home. I had to go to the airport alone and you were not there. And I was like totally freaking out. Are you dead? Where are you? And then you arrive at the airport like 20 minutes after the plane is supposed to leave and you you just like casually stroll in. And I'm like, Eva, I'm so sorry. I don't remember this. (laughs) And she's like, that was the worst moment in my entire life. And then I kind of realized that, okay, that was the worst moment in her entire life. For me, that was nothing. Most likely I was so drunk. I was still drunk when I went to the airport, you know. So most likely I have absolutely no clue where I was or anything. And I put her in a situation where she thought I was dead, really. And I apologized, you know. I apologized so much last year and I said, I'm so, so sorry that I was like this. And that was the alcohol. 
you know, that was the alcohol issues that I had back then. And she said, we never realized that you had any problem with that. And I said, yeah, but that was one of the consequences. I put you in the worst situation you ever had in your like 50-year-old life. I did that when we were 17 and I don't even remember it. Can you see the consequences? Can you really see the effect of it? And she said, yeah, there was one thing that I was thinking back then, and that was, you were so beautiful, you know. And I was thinking when we were traveling, I was thinking, it must be so hard for you to be this beautiful because every guy wants to be with you. And I'm like, what? And I can just see that that her exp- uh, her perception of me and us and how things were was totally different from reality, from my reality. I never, ever felt I was beautiful. I was absolutely clueless that I put her in these situations. And I just felt like my life, as I knew it back then, was not real. It was very much in an illusion. And I'm thinking about beauty and your interior life, your inside. And I'm thinking about me now how things are today, things are not so much different, you know. When I, th- when, when I come to, when, when it comes to products, for example, what I'm using. Yesterday, I, since a few years back, I only use organic products or nothing because I have come to realize that my body was so full of toxins. Uh, so I had to do like a severe detox for years and uh, one of the issues is, of course, <clears throat> I I colored my hair since I, I became, my hair became gray when I was 30. So I began to, to color my hair. I did that for 20 years almost, you know, with all the chemicals going straight into your, like, you know, your head, your brain, all the tissue there. I I mean, that must be so disastrous so disastrous if I did that 10 times a year times 20 years that's sick you know so I stopped with that three and a half years ago and my hair has never been more beautiful than it is today I when it comes to skin cream and stuff before when I was not feeling good when I was not happy about myself I always tried something new like um, biotherm or clarins or, you know, trying to see this is going to make, the, you know, do the work for me or um, <laughs> I don't know. I have a friend, she's beautiful and she is very, very much into beauty and cosmetics. And I think she tried to, to buy me like a lipstick or a lip gloss or a pen, contour pen, at least four or five times doesn't work it never works I end up with my organic little lip balm you know without color and um, so when it comes to to creams I am very fortunate because Rachel is often she's often gifted things from from Tarte or some some other vegan uh, organic brand and we have totally different skins you know um so there's always products that she she gives to me and I use them with so much joy. 
So I don't have a special brand. I I can swap from, um, I use Origins at times. I use Tarte at times. Now, yesterday I bought something from the pharmacy that is like organic and free from, you know, perfume and stuff. I do choose something that is anti-aging somehow, that is something for my age. Uh, and I have a routine. I clean my face. I have this little Clarisonic brush. So I have this organic soap something and I clean with this brush. And then I have, now I bought a serum. I don't know. I don't know. Like how many years ago didn't we have serums? I, how important is it? But sometimes I fall for it and um, I often buy something that is not expensive. I am raised with coupons, you know. I'm raised, we buy the cheapest thing in the store, you know. We buy the no brand products. Uh, we don't put any money on unnecessary things. I'm still like that. At times I need to force myself. My youngest daughter... I, I bought a coat, we had a photo shoot and I bought a coat and I intended to give it back to return it to the store. And the day after the photo shoot, my daughter said, Mom, you're so beautiful in that coat. I think you should treat yourself and keep it. And I'm like, oh, should I do that? Okay, should I? Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And I did. And I love the coat and I love Maya for saying that. So this is also something... I'm not used to put like thousands of dollars into my beauty process. I'm not used to that. And I don't think it's necessary. I think it's like, is it a waste of money? Some things is a treat, but some things are just a waste, you know. So I choose. So when it comes to skin cream and skincare, I'm very fortunate. I can tell you, no acne, no problem, no issues. My skin... Is It is what it is, has always been, no matter what creams or serums or no, nothing, it doesn't really matter. So I'm more now interested in maintaining, you know, and I'm thinking much, much, much more of what I eat and what I drink and my supplements. So for since five years back, I've been on a lot of supplements Soon, four years back, I have not been drinking one drop of alcohol. Okay, confession time. This is this is my honest podcast. Me and my kids, we were at church um, at Christmas. And I went to take the... What is it called? It's called Nattvard in Sweden. You know, when you, you go, uh, when the priest... They give you like the little paper thin bread and you dip it in the cup of wine. And I go say a little prayer and, you know, and I'm so used to, I normally go to a special church, which is full of addicts and, and homeless people. And there the cup is always, is always fruit juice in the cup. But this Christmas, I, I dipped my little paper thin bread thingy into the, the fruit juice, and then I took it on my th tongue, and I just felt, what the fuck? This is wine. This is totally wine. And I, I went back, and I, I sat down. I went to do a little prayer, and, and I sat down, and I was like, that was wine. 
I, that was wine, that was wine. I felt it in my mouth, in my body for hours. And so that's just the effect that alcohol has on a clean body. You know, how, was it one drop, two drops that can sink into that little paper thin, you know, oblot it's called in Swedish, but I felt it. I don't know if you can call it a relapse. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't consider it a relapse, but but I just felt it. Anyhow, so I would say that what I eat and what I drink is definitely part of my beauty routine. Um, I cut down on sugar. Uh, alcohol transforms into so much sugar in your body. Now I also cut down a bit on fruit. I was like a fruit addict um, when I... Uh, the year before this year I was on such a strict diet but she said you can eat as much fruit as you want so I overdosed in fruit and I can see that my my insulin level is my being is much more relaxed and much more settled when I don't consume 10 pieces of fruit every day so I don't start breakfast with a lot of fruit I I eat oatmeal or I eat like some whole grain rye bread or um, I can eat an avocado. Not often. I still want my breakfast to be sweet. I make a lot of pancakes. I eat eggs these days, not many, but maybe two, two or three a week. And then I make eggs with coconut flour and coconut milk and sometimes a banana and uh, I eat what I eat. I eat berries at breakfast and I eat berries that are low on oxalates and low on sugar. So it's blueberries, it's lingonberries, it's uh, cherries and I eat grapefruit. I've come to love grapefruit a lot. And I also uh, take a lot of supplements, as I said. And then it's different kinds, but vitamin C multivitamin, multimineral, Q10 antioxidants and probiotics. And so I think that my beauty routine is a lot about what I eat and drink. I drink a lot of water. I have a filter for my water. So I I filter my water and I drink that uh, because we have, uh, um, not a lot, but we have drugs and stuff in our water here, hormones and stuff in Stockholm. And... Um, and I exercise. I go to the gym between three and five times per week. Now, since I can't run, when I can run, I, I run um, three times a week maybe. So that's a lot of my beauty routine. I have totally stopped with a pedicure. Everything that is chemical, you know, when you put your little feet into a chemical bath or when you put your little head into a lot of, you know, uh, chemicals to color your hair. I think that is like just, just, you know, I can feel the toxins just sinking into my body, going into my system, polluting me. And I don't do that anymore. So I haven't painted my toenails in one year and a half, I think. I kind of like my naked toenails now. I do my own pedicure in the shower Maybe twice a year. I have something that I was so ashamed of when I was a teenager. We are a hairy bunch. Some things are genetic in our family. So 
me, my sisters, my mom, uh, some of my kids, not all of them, but some, we are really hairy, we got really hairy legs. So that has always been an issue for me. If I would say I had a beauty routine when I was like, um, as the first, you know, kind of epi, I don't know what it's called, epi lady or something, when that came, me and my sister, we got one. We shared one at the summer house. We could sit out there and just <laughs> fix our legs. Um, so that has always been a thing, you know, to remove, how to remove the hair on your legs. And I'm not talking about the lower part of your legs. I'm talking about the upper part. And thank God, or thank age, that is kind of leaving me. So the hair eventually, the hair issue becomes less. But let's say twice a year I go to a salon and I have it removed. They wax it. And that's that's lovely, I think. That's really, really great. Um, makes me work less for it. And what else do I do, actually? I don't do pedicure anymore. I don't color my hair. I use a lot of... Um, not expensive, organic, good skincare. And I swap brands. I'm not loyal to any brand. And um, also the last two years, I, uh, on recommendation, I have a clinic here in Stockholm uh, where I go and I get these little tiny Botox shots in my forehead. Uh, that's also one thing in my family that we have, I don't know if it's, I think, basis that it's an eye issue. My mom had it, you know, when the eyelids kind of hang over your eyes and uh, and you can't really see. And therefore, you raise your eyebrows all the time. So I had a lot of wrinkles in my in my forehead. If I go back and look at pictures of me from five years ago... Um, in total, if I look at pictures of me five years ago, when I was miserable, when I was drinking, uh, you know, when I was so stressed out and anxious, I look 10 years older and I don't look happy at all. I look... It's also so weird. I can see pictures of me. I Maybe I had three kilos more on my body, but it looks as if I'm 10 kilos heavier because it's kind of stuck in my face. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. But when I look back on those pictures, I, it doesn't make me happy at all. And back then I was drinking. I ate a lot of sugar, a lot of candy. I was always a compulsive uh, potato chips eater. You know, we could have that for dinner in my house. My kids grew up like that. So i never been a healthy person. I always exercise, but my eating habits never been healthy. That's just the last, say, three, four years. And it shows. It really, really makes a difference. And uh, so this salon that I go to, um, um, her name is Anna. It's a, it's a really good place. It's called New Clinic in Stockholm. For those of you who live in Stockholm, I would totally recommend it. Because she's so, you know, <laughs> I come there and I ask her, okay, so what, what shall we do? And what do I get? She says, no, we just put a little here, up here. But you're so beautiful. We don't need to do anything. And I'm like, 
confess, I'm going to confess now, Anna, I actually went to a different clinic. <laughs> I don't know what it is with this podcast. It's like I'm a Catholic and I need to confess things all the time. I actually went to a different clinic for a second opinion. <laughs> I'm like, and I came in there, I booked the appointment, I paid for the consultation. And, and the guy, I had him on recommendation from a super dear friend of mine. He looked at me and he said, what do you feel is the problem? And I'm like, I don't really know. I thought you would tell me what I should do. And he said, do you know what, Shama? There's a saying, if there is no problem, there's no need to fix it. And I'm like, what? Honestly, I wouldn't recommend you to do anything. I think the one you're going to, she's doing a really, really great job. The little subtle things, that's enough, you know. If it's not broken, don't fix it, okay? So so I've been going back to Anna. And uh, I think that's really great. I'm not negative. I know it's toxin. Um, I also have a friend, she works in this industry uh, and a big, 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 like the biggest company for fillers and Botox in the world. And she said that, and she's like educated in the medical area. Uh, she's, of course, academic in that. And she says that the toxins that you receive, they leave the body so fast, you know, they don't stick. And the fillers, if you use that, that's hyaluronsyra. Uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but you all know what it is. And that is also something natural that the body produces. Um, so they are working with something bioidentical. So it's not as bad. The products are not as bad as one might expect. What is really, really alarming, I feel, is that that we use them as if they were candy, you know. I'm also really happy that I I discovered this when I was this old, you know. I think I went to my first treatment when I was 49. I'm 52 now. 49, yes. And uh, I know that friends of Rachel's, you know, I know girls who are just 25 something, you know, they do it. And imagine all the money you have to invest in yourself. What a waste, you know. And how are you going to look? What will the effect be in 25 years? I don't know. I feel that that is terrifying. And I also feel that it's terrifying that there is no stopping it, you know. that you only, Because when you do it, I can honestly say when I do it, then I... I I'm much more focused on my forehead now that I see that it's kind of losing its grip. And then I like, oh, I need to go back. I need to go back. And, and I take a picture of myself and I send it to Anna. And she says, no, Shama, everything is okay. See you in two months. Okay, okay. And I'm like, okay, good, good, good. Because you get kind of focused on things that you enhance that you want them to be better and better and better. And I feel that that is a very, very, you know, um, difficult path to take. Because for once, it costs a lot of money. Second, are you ever going to be satisfied? And what will the consequences be in a couple of years? So I trust her and I'm not going to someone else again. I'm just going to be there and do this um, 
a couple of times a year. And um, yeah, I think beauty is, as they say, it's in the eye of the beholder. And for me, I never been my own eye. I've always looked for other people's approval and confirmation. And these days, I think this is something that that all of these years gave me that when I look myself in the mirror, my sister yesterday, we FaceTime a lot and she knows I'm not been perfectly well. So she checks up on me and we FaceTime. And so we always see each other. And she says yesterday, oh, you look so pretty, but you have makeup on. And I'm like, yes, Stina, I do have makeup on. You know, I use it. Yes, but how do you do? So my sister, she's two years older than me. She doesn't use any makeup. So we went into the bathroom with the phone and she showed me her makeup product. And I said, do you know what? Honestly, you can just buy like what I use is a concealer under my eyes because that's also genetic in our family. We have really dark um, circles around our eyes. They come when you are seven, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, you, you know, my, my blood veins are very visible, my whole body. But so I use a little concealer and then I use some kind of uh, not covering foundation. I have one from Origins that is called Ginseng something. It's like, it's just like a, like, it's like a white cream that becomes kind of a little brownish when you put it on. I don't know how it works, but I use it. And that's nice. And then I have a little rouge and I have mascara and sometimes I have an eyeliner. Sometimes I don't. But I said to my sister, she's super beautiful. She's really, really beautiful. That there's so little that's needed. And I said, if I only use the concealer and the foundation thing, then my whole face is ready to go, more or less. And... Um, why did I say that about my sister? Yes, because she said that she could see that I had makeup on when we spoke on the phone. And uh, I said that, do you know what? why I have it? And she said, aren't you homesick? And I'm like, yes, I am. But do you know what? Every time I go up, if I'm homesick and look like shit, it's not going to make me better. It's not going to make me happier. So if I put on a little makeup in the morning and whenever I see myself in the mirror I think hey beautiful you're looking good and then I know yes it's a good day so this is this is really like I feel that my interior sees me in the mirror doesn't I never talk myself down I never criticize I never and, and it's not just an affirmation thing it's not just something I do it's just what it is I look myself in the mirror and I say, hey, you look beautiful. I didn't change that much. I used to look myself in the mirror and say, I hate you. You know, I really, really hate you. And uh, that was a time when I could put little sticky notes on my mirror saying, hey, you are lovely. Hey, life loves you. And so on. That did not work. So I would say that beauty is a lot about self-care. If, if, you know, your self-care and beauty routine adds love to you, if it makes you love yourself more, then it's amazing. If it doesn't, if it makes you feel 
you know, you're covering up something or you're pretending or you're not satisfied, you need to elevate and enhance something, then I think it doesn't matter how much money you invest. I would strongly advise to invest that money in a different area. You know, food, exercise, getting off uh, bad habits and drugs and relationships and, you know, and invest it in a more sustainable uh, way than that. Because I I feel that beauty is, it's a gift. And I think we all have that gift, you know, if we feel good about ourselves. So to me, um, beauty is, it's also like, it's an asset, you know, it's like art, It's something that I feel also, if you are a beautiful person, you know, it's important that you're inside reflect that. Because if you are beautiful and you're not feeling okay, people are going to be attracted to you, but they're not going to get what they expect, you know. They're going to get a lot of fear and projection and... and. Um, So I think it's very, very important to work on your inside and let that shine through. I remember a time I have a dear friend. He said to me, he knew, he knew me so well. And he said, whenever I looked, you know, when I was perfect, when I had this perfect uh, makeup, when I was dressed perfectly, when I looked like a million bucks, he knew I was suffering like fuck. He knew that my outside didn't match my inside. So whenever I met him, this is 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, he said that whenever I met him and I was full of makeup and, you know, I really dressed up and so I scared him. <laughs> he was like, now what? Now what, Shama? And I broke down and everything was ruined. But it was really like, it was my armor, you know, When I didn't feel good, I put on a show. So the question is, do we put on a show each day or are we our authentic selves? And I think if we are our authentic selves, I don't think it's any harm, you know, in in cosmetics, in, in you know, beauty and in, uh, you know, a little Botox or surgery or whatever, if you are authentic and your inside is with you. But if you're doing all these things because you're not happy, because you're struggling, then I would start in a different area. I feel also it's extremely democratic, this beauty industry. When I was young, the beautiful ones were beautiful, the ugly ones were ugly, and it was just like nothing you can do, just accept it, you know. And and the less beautiful ones, they were always the perfect friends, the ones everyone adored, the beautiful ones, so-called beautiful ones, they were hated and envied and, you know, bullied. And I was bullied my whole life, not my whole life, but from birth until I was like maybe 13, 14, something. So um, no makeup in the world would cover that. You know, what it does to a child's self-confidence, no makeup can fix that. But I understand, um, I feel it's very, very democratic that if you're not happy with the way you look, you can do something about it. When I was young, you couldn't. 
So I really feel that it's very, very democratic that you can that you can elevate, you can enhance, you can change. Uh, I love the way you know transgender people can can become the ones they are supposed to be. I love the way how we can you know if we have a big, big, big issue with something on our bodies that pulls us down, that we can correct it. I love the way. I think it's democratic, and I think also it's extremely uh, terrifying to go to the other extreme. You know, when we become totally blind to what we are, who we are, and everything is focused around looks, the way we look. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking, is there anything else I want to say about beauty? This is also, so, you know, it's so easy to speak from this point of view. It's so easy to be in my shoes these days. It's so easy to say that, you know, uh, inner beauty is the most important and, you know, work on yourself and and eat and drink um, good stuff and stop, quit the alcohol and, you know, negative behavior and do this and that and um, add self-care to your beauty routine because that will give you more self-love and so on. I know if you're not in that place that it's, it's just bullshit, you know. I know that it's just words. And I don't know how to to kind of make it come through to you. I can just say that I struggled my whole life with the way I looked because it didn't match my inside. I felt terrible and I thought I looked terrible. And now I feel good. So I think I, I look good. And I don't know if it's naive I don't know if I'm beautiful, yes or no, but I hear I am. People say, and that is also, people come up to me. When we were out dancing the other night, the girl at the bar, she's like, I just want to say you are so beautiful. You look so lovely. And I'm like, everyone else is 30. I'm 52. And she's talking to me. And I'm, and I'm just like receiving it as a gift and saying, thank you. You are the kindest person. And she says, no, I'm just being honest. And I'm thinking, what does she see? I just wonder, what does she see? And I'm thinking, she sees me. Before, I always questioned, you know, I never trusted people when they said I look beautiful. I always doubted them. I always thought they expected something from me, that they wanted something from me, especially men. And now these days... I'm more and more relaxed into I am who I am. I'm very, very fortunate. I look the way I do. A lot of my beauty issues was around fear. And the less fearful I am, the more confident I become in the way I look. The more I feel welcome and included and loved, the more confident I am the way I look. So... I think beauty is a lot about acceptance and self-love. And the best way for that is self-care. And for me, that is not beauty products for, you know, thousands of dollars or surgery. Or for me, the best way to start is, you know, to really care for your being. And that is in terms of 
what you eat, what you drink, how you sleep, what your work life is, your relationships, you know, healing. I think, I think the best beauty tip ever is heal your past. I would say so. To be free of past guilt and shame and, you know, blame. I think that is a killer for beauty to carry that around. Okay, I think I will stop with that. I did not look at the time once. Sometimes I do and then I'm like, oh, oh, did I speak that long? Now I haven't done it. I think it's perfect. The perfect length of this beauty episode. And as always, I encourage you to send me a voice message on Instagram. I love it. I really, really love it. I listen to it in the mornings or late evenings and... I uh, look forward to it. And you can also send me an email, shamaperson at gmail.com. And if you do send me an email, write the subject podcast so I can find you. And I wish you all a lovely day. And I want you to know that wherever you are at, mm, mm, yes, now always almost said something like like you know this sayings that this bullshit sayings that mean nothing that you like you know wherever you are at you are beautiful or you are loved you are this and that and so on and then I know all people don't feel that way so wherever you are at I hope you take really really good care of you because that's the most important You know, you are the most important one. I am the most important one for me. And to care for us, that's that's what beauty... That there is beauty in that. The self-care, the self-love. There's so much beauty in that. Okay, I love you. Puss.